Welcome into the Wizards group chat. I'm your host, Ryan Oliver, joined by my man, Chase Carroll. Chase, we got some news finally. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, we finally got the news we were waiting for. Taj Gibson is back. Let's go. Just the news that we were hoping for as, as Wizards fans, waiting months to get some kind of news. And it's 38-year-old Taj Gibson is coming back. So we got news. We got a returning face. We can definitely deep dive into that a little bit more. Um, Early impression is I'm not happy about it, and we can definitely go into why in a little bit. But I'm doing great. Uh, The Wizards finally back in the news again. We, We have something to talk about. So it could be worse. Yeah, yeah. I'm just happy we have some some news. Um, I feel like there was a collective groan amongst Wizards fans when that notification came that Gibson was coming back. I don't think it's Gibson himself necessarily that people are um, unhappy with. I think it's more of just the what it represents. It's like a 38 year old 15th year in the league with literally no upside. And we actually need him to play minutes because we don't have another <laughs> another real backup center. I, I guess you could say Mike Muscala is a backup center, but Mike Muscala is like the the definition of like a third big, like an emergency player that just plays when you maybe have players that are hurt. He's not he's not terrible, but he really isn't a guy that should be playing a lot of minutes, um, you know, on any team that's trying to be semi-competitive. So the fact that Gibson is back on the team and him and Gafford are your real, kind of like your only real centers, I guess Muscala's a center too. So you have three centers, but... Mike Muscala is more of just like a stretch five at this point, which is valuable in a sense. You need, you need someone to space the floor. But I just, I really was taken aback when I got the notification because I felt like this can't be the the third center that we've kind of been talking about that the team needs for so long on this podcast. I know Wizards fans have been like, hey, like, what are we doing at the center spot behind Gafford? You know, Gafford's a foul prone player who doesn't usually play more than like 22 to 23 minutes a night or 20 to 23 minutes a night, excuse me. So you need somebody that can come and eat up the other minutes. And I wasn't expecting Taj Gibson to be that, to be that guy. So I obviously your early impressions are, you're not, (laughs) not too happy with it. Chase, tell me how you're feeling about the deal. Now that you've had a, a few hours to digest a vet minimum deal. So it's only a minimum contract. I believe his minimum is kind of high because he's been in the league so long. So it's, I think 3.2 million is what was reported is what the contract's worth for one year. Uh, But what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I'm not thrilled about it to be honest with you. Uh, And and it's not Taj. In It it is what you said. It, It represents a 38 year old player that can't really provide anything. We saw at age 37 last year, Taj Gibson couldn't provide anything on the court. And he didn't show anything in his meaningful minutes that showed he still had anything left at an NBA level to me. Um, So when you look at the roster we currently have, as you mentioned, Gafford can't seem to get on the floor for more than 23 minutes a game. And it has never been the talent that's been the issue. It's been conditioning. It's been foul trouble. So unless that magically has changed over this off season, which I highly doubt it has, we are looking at Mike Muscala and now still Taj Gibson yet another year older than he even was last year, showing that he couldn't play the game last year. So it's a little frustrating when you look at the roster from that standpoint, I've, I've been nothing, but I think pray. I don't think I've had anything but praise for this front office 
this offseason with just about every move they've made from the draft to free agency to trades. I've been happy generally with everything that this new front office has done. And I think now we've seen the one gripe I have now is, is that third center spot. We've seen Vuk is now not coming overseas to America. He's going to stay in the Euro league. And if you're going to do that, if you're saying we can't get any minutes for this guy, I'm hoping that's because there's someone there in place that deserves the minutes. And to me, when you're looking at this roster, we already have plenty of veterans, whether it be Anthony Gill and uh, Xavier Cooks, two veterans that I think are more or less taking up roster spots. And now you add in another guy in Taj Gibson. You already have Danilo Gallinari on the roster and um, you have – you have other veterans like DeLon Wright on the roster still who actually can play. So it's like, how many veterans do you actually need in the building uh, to to provide veteran leadership? Because even your guys like Kyle Kuzma's 28 and been in the league for a while. It's like, how many of these vets do you really need now uh, when you can, I think we should be in position to be more or less not tanking, but losing with the young guys. So for what reason do you bring in a Taj Gibson? I don't see a good reason when you, you list all these other vets we already have. So from that standpoint, I think we're looking at the worst center rotation in the NBA. And I, I think it'd be hard pressed to find one that is less ideal right now than those three. So not happy to, to say the least. Um, I like Taj the player as far as the career he's put together. Great guy. It seems by all purposes a great vet for the locker room, and you need those, but they, you already have those. So I'm not happy to, to say the least. I feel like that's it right there is just that you have these other guys that aren't good that are also fours and fives on the roster. You have Muscala, as we mentioned. You have Xavier Cooks and Anthony Gill, who are all guys who I don't actually see playing real minutes on any other NBA team that are also on the roster. Now you're adding a fourth power forward slash center type that has no business getting real NBA minutes to the roster. How many of these guys do you need? Um, I'd have no problem with it. If Gill and cooks weren't on the roster and you're just adding Gibson there as a, as a body, somebody that can, you know, serve as a mentor for the young guys and, and, and maybe Gafford specifically uh, Gibson's been a, been a, a solid NBA player for a long time. But I, but at this point, I just felt like the roster spot needed to go to somebody who was either a young guy that had upside, like a Usman Garuba type, which the Warriors picked up on a two way today as well, or it needed to go with they needed to go with a a veteran big that was younger, uh, you know, at least under thirty five. <laughs> I mean, I guess I should say <laughs> like, uh, I mean, someone that could actually play twenty minutes a night and give you that that was a a big body that could that could uh, fill in for Gafford um, if need be. Now I just think when I look at the roster, okay, what happens when Gafford misses fifteen games with an injury uh, or something like that? You really don't have a viable starting big to put in there. They don't. They really just have no competent solution to fill that role and that's where i'm almost more puzzled because even if they brought vuksevich over from overseas to me they still needed another big even if they kept muscala like they needed another big body because vuk wouldn't even play all the games with the big squad anyway so 
even in that scenario, they needed another big, but they needed another big that could actually play. And that's where I'm just kind of confused at this point. I understand probably their logic and how they got there with, hey, how this is how Gibson could help us. He's a veteran. He knows what to do. He's not, not going to complain about minutes. He's going to come play a role. He's going to be a veteran leader. This, that, and the third. Like all those things are are viable reasons. But given the other uh, players on the roster and their current construction of the roster, I just I find the move just a bit confusing because I just don't know how you go forward into real games with this as your center rotation. Like you said, it's the worst center rotation in the league. Gafford is a low end starting center, probably a backup on most teams. Um, and there's probably a couple teams around the league he could start in. I, I don't hate Gafford to start, especially for this type of team, but let's be honest, it's not like Gafford's some world beater and we know his flaws and one of them is fouling, as I've mentioned. Uh, and and I just, I don't see where they're going to go here in terms of who's going to fill that role as a backup. Like I mentioned on the last podcast, I do wonder if there's just another shoe that's going to drop eventually here with a trade or something like that. And they're going to maybe move out, like you mentioned, to Shamit or something like that and try to get um, a legitimate big. But there have been reports that this is the roster that the team is going to go into camp with now 17 uh, guaranteed deals on the book, 17 players. Um and so you kind of just feel like, well, this is this might be what it's going to be, at least for, you know, the first X amount of games until you kind of get into the nitty gritty of the season. And maybe there's some in-season trades down the road. But I would say that, you know, for the first 30 odd games, like this is probably the roster we're going to get. And that means that Muscala or Gibson or Gill or Cooks are going to be playing real minutes at the five, which is kind of mind blowing to me. Yeah, and I, I completely even forget that Landry Shamit is still on the roster. So that's yet another veteran that I haven't even that I've just kind of wiped from my mind. Um yeah, we're at 17 roster spots right now. We're gonna have to get it to 15 at one point. So you're looking at this roster and, and we're already above that 15 limit. Where does Taj Gibson fit in there? It just doesn't make sense to me. So clearly there's gonna be more moves to be made. Um I'm hoping that we can get something for Landry Shamit as well. But um, yeah, that's a crowded room right there with, with veterans that are already on the roster. So I'm not liking that move from that standpoint. I think this probably means the end for hopefully someone like Anthony Gill. We got enough veteran leadership and thanks for your contributions, Anthony Gill, but we've got that veteran quota filled by now, I think. So I, I think he's the clear odd man out to me for one of those roster spots. And where that last cut comes from, I'm not quite sure. We do need that center position filled there at, at the third center spot. So it looks like, by all means, Taj Gibson's filling that spot. Who's going to be that second cut? And to me, I, I think that hopefully means a Shamit trade and getting off of Anthony Gill. That's a good point. I mentioned that this is probably the roster that we'd have going in, but I guess I wasn't thinking about it from the standpoint that you got to cut somebody um, to make it down to 15. How does that work with the two-way players? Is it is is those two-way players aren't a part of these 17 guaranteed deals, is it? I'm, yeah, I believe not. So yeah. Okay. So we should, I believe, still have a third 
two-way spot still to go. And if that's not used on a center, I'm going to be very disappointed on a young center because right now we're looking at, in my opinion, the worst center rotation in the NBA. We let a guy like Jay Huff go. And Jay Huff's no incredible all-time center or anything in the making, but a great organization like Denver scoops him up. They see something in him. And here we are filling our third center position with Taj Gibson. It's like we, he showed a little bit towards the end of the season to where you could think, okay, maybe he deserves a roster spot. We clearly have a need for a young center that's growing. He was a G league defensive player of the year. So he's shown defensively, at least at the G league level that he can help out. Whereas Taj Gibson okay, he provides leadership. We've heard so much about Kuzma's leadership. We've heard so much about Anthony Gill's leadership. We are keeping Danilo Gallinari, apparently. So what do you need Taj Gibson's leadership for with all that leadership? So many leaders. But can any of these leaders play basketball? Like, I mean, come on. At this point, I want my leaders, my veterans, to be able to perform on the court. And that's not Taj Gibson at this point. Um, it wasn't at least last year. And I don't think at age 38, he's magically becoming a on floor contributor. So we're getting a Udonis Haslam type without the Udonis Haslam heat pedigree. It's like, what has he done for this organization to warrant giving him the Udonis Haslam treatment? You know, it's like, uh, he, he's not performing on the court. I'm surprised. He, he, that. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't go after like a Nerlens Noel who was just cut by uh, the Kings or somebody like that. That's a young, a younger veteran. I don't know how old Nerlens Noel is, but I'm imagining he's around 30 at this point. Yeah, uh, not 38. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and he's had a lot of injury issues himself over the years, and he's no great player. But at times when he has played um, over past years, he's given solid minutes. And I mean, at he can play better than Todd Gibson can play at this point in his career. So I was kind of surprised. I kind of uh, was halfway expecting that to be the signing um, at a minimum deal. If, um, you know, but maybe he has offers some, you know, other offers or the team just wasn't interested. Um, but so in terms of the roster, like we're at 17 spots, like we mentioned, you can only keep 15 of them. So in your mind, Chase, who do you think the cuts are going to be? Obviously, I guess the first one would be, you know, I guess, well, let me ask it like this. Who are the cut candidates in your mind from the pool of players that we have? Let me run down the players that we have and so so people can can just understand who we have. So at point guard, we have Tyus Jones, DeLon Wright, Ryan Rollins. Uh, you know, Ryan Rollins is a combo guard, but let's just say he's a point guard for now. We have Poole, Kulbali, Shamit, Johnny Davis, Denny Abdia, Corey Kispert, Patrick Baldwin Jr., uh, Kyle Kuzma, Gallinari, um, Anthony Gill, Xavier Cooks, uh, Gafford, Muscala, and now Taj Gibson. So from those players that I named, who are your who is at the top of your list of like immediate candidates that come to mind? So hopefully we can get a trade out of Shamit. Um, that would be my first first guy out of the room here. Uh, we've talked about it on a few pods now how Shamit could potentially be a solid trade piece for someone who wants shooting. But when we're looking at the roster, Bilal Koulibaly, uh, Johnny Davis, Corey Kispert, that position is pretty locked tight on young talent that needs to play this year. So I'm, I'm looking at this roster. It just doesn't seem to make much sense for him to be on it. And I've said that repeatedly here on this pod this offseason. So hopefully 
we can get a trade for him. I, I don't know what that looks like as far as are we still taking somebody back in that deal or um, is this just a pick? We're getting a pick out of it or something. I don't know how that would look. But, um, yeah, I, I think he should be one of the players not on the roster out of that. Um, and I think it should also be between – we keep bashing these dudes every pod, but Xavier Cooks and Anthony Gill, I, I just don't see a long-term fit for them. And if you're bringing in Taj Gibson now for veteran leadership, that's what you probably hung your hat on when you're Anthony Gill or if you're Xavier Cooks. Maybe Xavier Cooks can provide something, but um, I think when you look at his contracts, nothing really guaranteed beyond, uh, what, this year, I believe. Um, I think it makes sense to just cut him depending on how he looks in training camp. If he looks like he can provide something like some sort of small ball five role, then sure. I'll keep him over an Anthony Gill. But to me, it's those three that are most obviously on the block and potentially you could get something for DeLon, Wright. I'm, I'm still seeing a potential trade there for him for a team, maybe who loses a point guard to an injury or something. I think DeLon, Wright is the perfect fit for just about every contender. And I've also repeatedly said that all off season, he should be on a contender to me. He just doesn't make as much sense with us. Uh, maybe that's more so a trade deadline kind of, kind of move, but I would not be surprised if a point guard needy team reaches out for DeLon right before the season starts. So to me, I think there's a couple trades that can be in the works and otherwise uh, Xavier Cooks, Anthony Gill, it, it just doesn't make sense for them to be on this team long long term. They weren't brought in by this front office, and I don't think they should be kept by him. Yeah, I want to touch on the long the the long right point really quick. Uh, I know Josh Robbins of the Athletic reported that the Wizards were kind of focused on at least for the first year or so the rebuild that they're doing more so of like rebuilding the culture, and that was something that the front office really wanted to focus on was. Um, just kind of getting the organized, like kind of getting things more um, headed the right direction, maybe in terms of like the spirit of the team and the competitiveness and that type of thing. And that's where I think DeLon Wright's value comes in the most. And while I, I totally agree with what you're saying about him fitting on a veteran team better than he, he might fit with the Wizards, I feel like he's the type of guy that I just want on the team, at least for until the trade deadline, because I feel like he, if you're, if that's what you're trying to, instill in your young group of players that you do have like the Bilal Kulabali and I mean, Denny's still young and Kispert and Johnny Davis. If you're trying to build competitiveness and playing hard on defense and those type of principles for the culture, well, DeLon Wright's going to do those things. He's not, he's not gonna, uh, but he can, he's going to do those things, all the, like the little things, but he's also like a good player at the same time. You know how it's like, sometimes it's like, well, Xavier Cooks, he tries hard and he hustles, but he's not actually like a good NBA <laughs> player. So it, it doesn't matter all that much. It's like DeLon Wright can, is going to do all those things, but he can actually play. And so I feel like he's the type of player. I'm just like, I want him on the team because I want this type of energy and effort and a player that can actually play all in one. Uh, and so I feel like I hope they keep him around out of all these veterans that they could potentially trade and move on from. He's one of the ones, at least until the trade deadline that I look at and I'm like, I want him to stick around because if that's if that's their goal is to build this culture and kind of rebuild it in a way that what is in their in their vision, uh, Winger and Dawkins, 
I think Delon Rice is the type of guy that you want on the team to kind of, and he's not just this old veteran that can't play. That's going to, Oh yeah. He's going to, you know, bring along the young guys, but he can't play. It's like, he's going to, he's in his early thirties. He can play. He's does the little things really well. Um, and he's the guy that's just going to play hard every night. When we watched the games last year, I feel like as a fan base, we could feel like he felt like one of the ones that was going hard every night. And I feel like that's just something that as a Wizards fan that over the years I've wanted more of is like these players that can actually play that play hard every night. So DeLon Wright is a guy I hope that we keep around um, for sure. But in terms of players to cut, I just think it's obvious like Cooks and Gill are like just the number one and two candidates at all times <laughs> to to be cut from this roster. I mean, Cooks would probably be my first one to go over Gill because everyone just seems to like Gill so much. So I think I think that if if you're just picking one, and I think that Gill can actually play more of the five than Cooks can on both sides of the ball, I guess. Um, but I mean, that's a very low bar. It's not like, <laughs> you know, that's saying a whole lot. But um, but then he could go too, to be honest. I, I wonder if the Gibson signing is maybe a tell for what their vision for their playing style being and what i mean is this maybe they envision playing more small ball than we maybe are foreseeing for the team like maybe they see kuzma playing more at the five or maybe denny even playing some five or more um gallinari his name was something mine gallinari playing some at the five maybe maybe not but i was just kind of thinking in my head that maybe we're putting a lot of thought into this and they're not even planning on playing Muscala and Gibson and Gill and Cooks as much. But then you kind of do think, why are they even wasting our time with the signing of of it at the same time? So it's funny, but I think I'd actually keep Muscala over Gill and Cooks. Uh, I've actually seen Muscala like be a effective NBA player at times. So I think that he would be someone I would keep pretty much over all the other backup bigs. But again, it's a low bar. Yeah, absolutely. I still want a young center in the mix. Like if if we need a fourth center in the mix, if we must have Taj Gibson on this roster, I still need somebody in there that can provide minutes and maybe be a lob threat off the bench. Like obviously Gafford's a lob threat in his own, but other than that, like who is our second unit running with? They are not running the floor with a center that is worth anything. Like Muscala, he's he's a great stretch five. Great is is a strong word, actually. He's a <laughs> decent stretch five, um, and can pro- provide something for that second unit. But there is no athleticism to be had at that center position beyond Gafford, and you know you're getting twenty minutes out of him. So we're we're looking old, whereas we should be trying to move young. So I definitely agree with that. Um, Muscala can provide something. Whereas I'm not seeing it as much in Anthony Gill and and Taj, or excuse me, and um, Xavier Cooks, but you know what? It, I'm not going to gripe over it too much. That it, this is really the first move of the off season that I've had a real gripe with with this front office, and I'm going to let them cook the way that they need to. I'm not going to give up on them after one off season. Um, this is an f- entire plan, and I genuinely think that they have one. But it's just not not this one in particular I'm not thrilled with. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, at the end of the day, I was thinking about this. It, it This is really just a, 
a third center that we're like kind of up in arms over a little bit. And while I do think it matters at the end of the day, it probably doesn't matter a ton uh, because no matter who they signed, the player wasn't going to be all that good. I do think there were better options, but it's not like this is the difference between the Wizards making the playoffs or, or not or something like that, you know? Right. So I guess it really doesn't matter all that much, but I, I think that we, we went from having hopes of, Vucevic being on the roster to okay well he's not coming over so maybe there's another plan to okay it's Taj Gibson so it's been kind of like a slow like let down <laughs> so I think that that's really what the fan base is kind of uh mad about or annoyed about more than anything and it's that Gibson's in his 15th season he's 38 there's just really not much help that's going to be had from him other than the veteran leadership thing. And in the minutes he does play, he's going to play hard. He's going to give effort and all that stuff. So it's not going to be like world's worst center minutes ever, but it's just not going to be quality minutes. And I I just, like I mentioned before, and as we keep talking about, I just think with Gafford, you know what you're going to get. Gafford to me has is a player that is only going to incrementally improve it from this point. If he does improve, he's pretty much who he is at this point. That doesn't mean he can't get marginally better but I don't think he's gonna all of a sudden stop fouling and 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 kind of being a guy that's gonna play 30 plus minutes I think he's gonna be a guy that best case scenario plays like 27 minutes a night and I I think that's like the best case scenario um obviously there'll be outlier nights where he plays more than that or less than that but I think that's what at best what I would expect so you just know you're gonna need to fill those other minutes so I guess it's going to be Mike Muscala barring a trade or something like that. That's going to probably see those minutes first. I really hope it's not Cooks or Anthony Gill, but we'll just kind of have to see where things go. But it'll be interesting to see um, kind of where things go, you know, go, you know, go from here with the position, uh, you know, with that center position. Um, the Wizards also signed an Australian guard whose name I am going to completely butcher. Um, but <laughs> he was on the summer league roster. His name is Dijon Vasiljevic. I put I butchered it, Chase, but I tried. So something like that. It's something like that. Um, I don't know much about this guy. Apparently, he's a good shooter. He signed an Exhibit Ten contract. Um, again, was on the summer league team in Vegas. I know he had one game where he was pretty impressive. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this signing? It's probably just a body a training camp body uh maybe place for the go-go what are your thoughts yeah I, I don't have much to add on that myself but he did look pretty decent in the summer league i'll give him that he definitely showed that he was worth a training camp look do i think there's a roster spot for him no we're discussing how we already need to get rid of two um so i'm not seeing it there for him but at the same time um he showed that he's a great three-point shooter like i don't doubt that he has nba three-point ability the problem is it didn't seem like he had just about anything else to add whereas like you look at a Corey kispert that guy has a bag offensively beyond the three three ball and um not that he needs to be Corey kispert but that's who i'm kind of comparing him to if we're looking at our roster um he's a he's a solid three-point shooter and and he's gonna he's going to hit that at a high clip. He's an NBA talent at, from the three point line. But other than that, he's just not providing anything. And and maybe he's more comparable to a Davis Bertans really, but um, 
not even probably as good as as Thomas Bertans, which is um, if we've seen the last couple of years of him is is not a great thing to be saying. But um, yeah, he's he can't really defend very well. He's not going to take you off the dribble or anything, but he's he's going to spot up and he'll hit it. So if there's a spot for him, if there's a need for a three point shooter, sure, I'll I'll take him. Other than that, um, I just don't see the the long term play for him here. So I wish him luck. Hopefully he goes crazy in the in the preseason and earns a spot. But I just don't see it. Yeah, I agree. I don't have much else to say. I I wish him well. I I, I you know these are the type of guys that you that are just trying to make it and you wish him well. But I don't I don't think I see much NBA talent other than just a training camp body and maybe someone that could potentially play for the go-go or probably make more money overseas to be to be honest. So, um, but I, I do wish him well, and I don't have any, any, any real knowledge about him as a player. I, I believe according to Wikipedia, he played at the university of Miami during his college years. He's 26. So I don't think there's, it's not like an upside I play. The, I believe he was teammates with Xavier cooks over in Australia. So, oh, well, there you um, go. <laughs> so, so let's, let's keep them both. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I like like you said, I wish him well. Um, yeah, I don't have any any other comment on that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's any other like training camp bodies that are that are brought in. I don't know how many players the Wizards can bring into training camp. I'm not sure about all that stuff. But you know, with him and the the two way players, Amari and uh, Jared Butler, uh, I think it'll at least be competitive. So I think that's that's what you want out of training camp, right? Absolutely. No, I, I still hope there's a third center to go with those young guys. I'm really excited about Jared Butler. Uh, I think he might be an NBA talent, but yeah, he's worth a look. See what he can do. We need as many camp bodies as we can, and you never know what injuries can take place in the preseason. So who knows? Maybe he has a shot at making the roster and, and sticking around. We'll see. Chase, let's switch gears here a little bit. I wanted to talk with you about a potential extension for Denny Avdia. Uh, he's extension eligible now. Uh, we haven't really heard any news or rumblings or anything about him uh, signing a rookie extension with the Wizards. Obviously, with the with a new front office in here, it's not the front office that drafted him. He's had a bit of a up and down time in the NBA so far. Obviously, there's um, a good player in there. There's a there's still a fair amount of potential, I think, for Denny Avdia to grow, but he is, his flaws are pretty obvious, so that kind of limits maybe the cap of, on the type of player he can be going forward, but he's only 22. Uh, if Denny and the Wizards were going to figure out an extension, I wanted to discuss with you what we would think would be worthwhile for all parties. So not what's best for Denny, not what's best for just the Wizards, but what would be a good deal for all sides? And I've been kind of thinking about this. And uh, when Jared Vanderbilt got signed, uh, re, uh, he signed an extension with the Lakers today, and he came in around four years, $48 million. I thought, you know, this would be the contract that I actually think would be a good contract for both sides for a Denny Avdia deal. So I started kind of looking up some other players that I felt like were similar in that kind of a similar regard in terms of contract that uh to what Denny might be looking for or that type of thing. So I looked at a couple of things. So, so let's start with Jared Vanderbilt, really good defender, not a great offensive player, but he's definitely a player that is going to be in an NBA rotation for a, a championship caliber team like the Lakers. 
uh, and he's making 12, 12 mil per year over the next four. Rui also signed with the Lakers this offseason. He's signed three for 51, so that's $17 million annually. He's going to be their starting power forward, it seems like, according to reports. Um, and then uh, DeAndre Hunter re-signed uh, with the Hawks. I guess that was last offseason he signed his rookie extension, but I believe it kicks in this year, and that was four for 90, so that's $22 million annually. So those are three different contracts for players who probably are all better than better than Denny, but I think it, if I was Denny's agent, that this would probably be some of the reference points I'd be I'd have in mind if I was trying to come up with a deal that I thought was fair for my client. Um, and from the Wizards' perspective, you could say, well, hey, like I don't think he's worth any of these contracts potentially, right? Um, I do think that sweet spot for me, if I was negotiating from both sides, honestly, I think would be realistically uh, somewhere between 11 and 14 million per year i think that 14 million might be a little rich for me if i'm the wizards but i do think that with the cap going up that could be a deal that would be tradable down the road um do you have any thoughts on a denny extension that might be fair for all parties yeah i'm looking at a guy like and they're not the exact same player but to me the I see some some kind of comparisons between the two here. Um, I'm looking at a contract for a guy like Matisse Thibel making about three years, around $33 million is what I'm seeing. Um, they're not the same kind of player exactly, but to me they're both defensive-minded, um, not going to provide as much on the offensive side of the ball. And, and maybe Denny provides a little bit more offensively than a guy like Matisse Thibel does, but he doesn't provide in my opinion the defense that uh Matisse Thibel does so but but to me they're similar kind of players you're you're looking for them defensively um and I think it just makes sense from both sides there to may, maybe a little bit higher than that for Denny um he definitely won it probably a little bit more uh I think he's shown a little bit more than Matisse Thibel has at least um potential wise but to me um, that's the kind of contract I, I would like to get Denny at. Um, anything more, I'm not really comfortable. For, for me, I'd like to get him less than what Vanderbilt just made. And I don't think Denny will take that. I think he'll probably obviously play on this season, contract D or see if he can make himself some money. But um, for me, that's a little rich uh, contract-wise. I'd, I'd like to get more in that Matisse-Thibel range. Yeah, I actually thought that that was, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like a huge contract for Thibault, but I actually thought that that was more than I would want have wanted to pay to uh, pay Thibault myself. Because Thibault has proven that he's a really good defender, but he really can't do anything else. And I feel like on a good team, he's... He could, like on the Sixers, Doc Rivers just wouldn't even play him at a point because it's just, he couldn't do anything on offense. And I guess you do wonder if Denny was on a good team, would he even play, right? I guess that's a part of the thinking because at times he's had some trouble staying on the floor for the Wizards. I know he can be, um, or Wes is kind of up and down with minutes sometimes. So I don't know if that's a, that's indicative of what it would be, you know, if he was on a different team or whatever. But I just look at Denny's offense. Denny at least can do something with the ball and Thibel really just 
can't even dribble or anything like that. So not that Denny is a great dribbler by any means, but he can at least kind of catch the ball and go and drive it to the hoop and make plays and pass and do some other things. I really felt like the Vanderbilt contract was kind of a good happy medium for both sides where it's okay. If I'm Denny, maybe I haven't proven I'm worth, worth $48 million, but it's something that I could play my way into. And for the wizards, you're not breaking the bank. You're not paying him what like DeAndre Hunter's making, where he's making like $20 million a year, or even what Rui's making, $17 million. You're paying him below both of those guys. And it, it's one of those mid-level contracts that you kind of need to have in order to do other trades. You kind of need those filler salaries on the book sometimes. And, you know, he's only 22, so I'm sure there's some other team that could, could talk themselves into, hey, you know, we have Denny for three more years at, $36 million, like it's a, you know, a, a perfectly fine deal. Um, so that was just a deal that I felt like if the, if I saw it come across my timeline that the Wizards had agreed to that deal with Denny, I would say, hey, like that, that actually makes sense for both sides. I could see how everyone involved could be happy with this deal and move forward. Um, but I think any more than a, a number around the Vanderbilt number, I think I would be uncomfortable with. I think if it was Anything above that, anything above that, like 12 to 13 million a year annually, I think I'd be like, I don't know about that. But I think that that would be the 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 sweet spot for me. Uh, it's interesting to kind of see some people think that he could potentially be worth more than that. And then there's other people that think he's like significantly less. It's kind of so, he has such a then he's such a polarizing player amongst Wizards fans and Wizards Twitter and, and that type of thing in terms of. I think people just have these really high hopes for what they hope he's going to be. So everyone, you know, people have this, you know, there's no way he's not going to make this amount of money or, or then you have the opposite where it's people who are more, maybe more uh, realistic about the player he is right now and what that type of player should earn. Uh, but it sounds like you kind of fall somewhere near where I am. Maybe he's not worth 12 million, but maybe be comfortable if he made like 10, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I don't hate the player in Denny Advia. Right. Like I I like him and I think he's on an upward trajectory. Like I I don't think he's a bad player by any means and he seems to be adding to his game each year a little bit. Um but at the end of the day, he's hasn't shown he's an NBA shooter quite yet. Um he hasn't really shown to be able to use his left hand yet. Um he's a great defender. But he also does stay in foul trouble, a similar issue to Daniel Gafford. And it just, when you're looking at long-term potential there with him, I think he's potentially a great backup small forward or a maybe a starting role player. But I don't see anything more than that. And to me, I think that where you price him at is somewhere around where Vanderbilt's making or, or a little less to me. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't want to give him more than that. So if he shows that he has, can take his game to the next level, then by all means, give him a, a better contract. But for what, what I've seen currently where he is at right now, that's kind of where I'm comfortable with. No, I think that totally makes sense. Um, I feel like it's just going to be up to Denny. Uh, I feel like this year is going to be the year where he's going to get a chance to to play. He's going to get uh, a lot of minutes, hopefully. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that like it's a sure thing because you never know 
<laughs> with Coach Unseld, I guess. I mean, he definitely could play Anthony Gill or Cooks over him, and it wouldn't totally shock me. But I think it's on Denny this year. I think that uh, it there's a lot riding on this season and kind of his trajectory in the league. And is he going to be viewed as, as a guy that can be a potential starter? Even when Denny was drafted, I remember um, I did a pre – like a pre-draft mock draft and in in that draft with Matt Moderno from the Believe in Wizards podcast he was on my podcast and we were doing it and he picked Denny for the Wizards it's just kind of how the board had, had uh, fell and I remember we were talking about him and I, I said I feel like at best at best case scenario he's a fifth starter like a, a nice glue guy and I still think that like even that was a pre-draft thought when I think about Denny I think that's the best case scenario to me even now I think that if he can become a fifth starter, I think that that would be at this point a win. And that's not to bash Denny. I actually am really rooting for him. And I think that um, it'd be a really pleasant surprise and a, a welcoming, a welcome surprise if he ended up being better than that for the Wizards, I should say. But I, I really just see him as that like connector type of player that, and those players are really valuable and they have long careers in the NBA, but I just don't know if I see the really high upside that some people see, but I do think there's a, a good starter in there. And, and that's if things kind of trend upward for him and his shooting comes along a little bit more and his left hand comes along a little bit more um, and his offense all, all around comes together a little bit more. But I also think that a lot of it comes down to, how the Wizards envision his position going forward. Is he a three? Is he a four? I tend to think that he's a, a four. Um, but Agreed. I think playing next to Kuzma complicates that a little bit, uh, as we've kind of discussed in the past and on this podcast. But I do think that th there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to play play with the ball in his hands. Um, maybe if he plays some with the second unit, there's going to be – I'm hoping that they, that they use him in that kind of point forward role and we can see – what what he can do in that just kind of in that role a little bit more than we have in the past and kind of get a real idea uh, of what player we have potentially going forward into restrictive free agency next year. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I'm definitely hoping that he takes that step. Like, I'm not a Denny hater. We have Denny haters on Twitter or now X, whatever we call it. Um, there's Denny haters. There's Denny lovers. I tend to fall in the middle with him. I see the potential in him. I hope he can reach it, but I also understand that he's had his limitations and hasn't been able to piece it all together quite yet. So I'm hoping he takes that next step. And if he does, by all means, hope he gets his bag if, if he shows that he deserves it. But for, for right now, um, he needs to show me a little bit more to get that contract extension. So uh, here's to hoping he takes that next step. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Here's to hoping. Um, I definitely don't expect to see any extension news. I'm assuming the front office is just going to take a wait and see approach from that regard. And I think Denny probably feels like he's worth, like it's like a bet on himself thing. Like I'm, I'm probably worth more than, or in his mind, he probably thinks he's worth more than what the front office would be willing to even consider offering him right now. So it's probably in everyone's best interest to just hold off and, and see how things go. And 
And um, hopefully Denny proves that he's worth, um, you know, worth keeping around and in the front office, maybe takes care of him next offseason in a well-earned contract. I think that'd be what we would like to see as Wizards fans, right? We want to see it work out. Um, You know, obviously we we, we don't want to pay him some crazy amount, but we hope it works out in some some capacity for Denny on the Wizards. Um, Chase, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we get out of here? I know there's there hasn't been a ton of news. Gibson's been the big news of the day here, which is which is uh just shows you the type of year that we're in. But training camp's not that far away. No, I'm excited to talk real basketball here soon. It's coming up uh closer than we know. But yeah, I, I spent a lot of pod bashing the front office for this move for bringing in Taj Gibson. And I wanted to be clear. I'm excited with the direction of the Wizards. I'm excited in what I think this front office is going to be doing moving forward. This is just one move and really the first one where I'm not super thrilled with. And and again, it's a third center. It shouldn't mean much at the end of the day. It is another veteran leader to hopefully help these young guys move to that next level here yeah, because we're we're really playing for a few seasons from now. We're not playing for this year, uh, in my eyes, and I've said that all off season. But at the same time, I I wanted to do it with young guys. So hopefully, he can contribute this year and help build to what we're trying to build towards. But at the end of the day, yeah, I'm not not thrilled with Taj Gibson. I I hope he provides what we need him to. But um, you know, we'll see. It's uh. We got to see what moves come after this because we do have moves to, to make. Hopefully we're not cutting useful players to keep Taj Gibson around. And, <laughs> I, and I don't think we will, <laughs> right. but um, I, I'm excited to see where we move, where we go from here. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I wonder if the Wizards, like we've mentioned, will will get in on one of these late off season trades or maybe early season trades or something like that to bring in another big but it won't surprise me if this is just kind of the team we're rolling with for the time being um but we'll have you guys cover here on the wizards group chat um if you have any topics that you guys would like us to touch on it's just been kind of such a dull period of time there's been no news until this tosh gibson news um for a while so we haven't had much to discuss but if there's anything that you guys would like us to discuss please feel free to reach out to us on twitter um, and we'll we'll be happy to talk about we any any good ideas of things that you guys want to hear from us would be would be definitely be welcome. But obviously, we'll have uh, season previews and things like that when the roster is officially set in stone and and we get an idea of kind of what things are officially going to look like uh, with media day and all that type of stuff. So we'll have you covered here on the Wizards group chat, um, but we'll see you on the next one.